started was about 5 30 p.m or so and my neighbor <laughs> was just hammering in his shed next door what's he building and had i don't know <laughs> and ha- oh, but i'll give my theories and had been hammering and sawing since sometime around 8 a.m. So he put in a good eight and a half hours nonstop. He's I mean, a bit older, too. Is he hiding from any family that he lives with? or No. And funny, we'll do, we'll do a branch off of this side story. The neighbor next to him down, one day they were coming by, and me and uh, my roommate were on the front porch, and we're just talking, and the, the people were like, oh, hey, we never talked to you guys. Like, and we're just like, yeah, what's up? We're, you know, whatever, whatever. And they're like, oh, we're these people. Come, We're going to have a fire tonight. Come on by if you want to. And like, you know, just if you ever see us out there, come on in. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's really They're like a middle-aged, middle-aged couple, and they seem pretty cool. So like a week yeah. later, my roommate tells me he's like so yesterday i saw the neighbor the one that's directly next door to us he's like and i said hi to him and then i was like oh hey how's your wife and he goes my wife has been dead for a couple of years what and he he said the wrong neighbor he thought it was the other people and the guy was like really weird about it yeah (laughs) and i remember just feel like oh so no he doesn't he doesn't have anybody but he's doing what appears to be Fixing the inside wall of his shed one board at a time by hand hammering them in is the only thing I could gather because it's just like it was just hammering for hours, for hours and hours. And it's I think like, his arms will get tired. At some point, it's just like, yes, it's so like, what are you even doing? And I think because his shed is kind of dilapidated, he's been fixing it. I saw the outside, like he's been rebuilding the outside. Oh, of I was going to say, you're going to find out he's actually been reading there and just has a boom box that's just like. Play, well, I, I had like noises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I hadn't exited the bedroom, you know, because depression. So I finally came out, and I was like, "If there's not a whole fucking house out in the backyard, <laughs> I'm gonna be pissed off." <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a gazebo or something, and you're like, <laughs> "I'm just not my head." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, go and prove upon it. You know, he clocked out for his shift. Yeah, build a bigger shed. <laughs> yeah. That's what America's all about. Yeah. You could use some more noise pollution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't build a shed without a permit. And there you go. That's the whole reason the conservative party exists. <laughs> Man, you need a permit for a shed? Yeah. I thought that was just for Probably. like pools and stuff. And next thing you know, Randall's praising Ronald Reagan. That's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes. Yeah, now he is. Never done it before. <laughs> That's why I'm so excited for the new Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to see Ronald Reagan in 4K. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to see Ronald Reagan in 4K on your new television. Yes. I bought a 4K television. It's it's very large. <laughs> so anyway, besides people that ruined human history, what else? Oh, man. <laughs> well, we are back. Another bonus Halloween episode. A part two, kind of, if you will, to uh, last week's subject from what I hear, bringing us to an even four again, like uh, last year, which is great. Now, the only thing I truly know about today's game is 
Really just its initial concept? One I find very interesting, personally. Collaborative internet horror aside, the actual idea at the core of what we're about to get into actually has been pitched before, a video game that is only temporarily playable. Something that would appear and then one day be gone forever. And I'm not talking about Nintendo's artificial scarcity or the numerous titles that are no longer accessible due to shutdowns of a service or incompatibility or licensing or even a controversy. No, this would be on purpose, an experience you could live, but then never again be able to relive. Such an unrealistic and bold strategy almost came to fruition many years ago, prior to digital storefronts, when none other than gaming artur Hideo Kojima said in a 2004 E3 interview, <laughs> he, he mentioned uh, basically like a previous project he had in mind where the disc would disintegrate if the person playing were to hit a game over. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking lunatic. I, I love him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the venture was uh, completely ridiculous and totally unfeasible. Even if the tech side of it was to be figured out, no publisher or manufacturer in the right mind would ever uh, agree to distribute such a product, not to mention the thought of having to repurchase another copy to continue would have likely pissed a lot of people off. Funny do enough. You, do you remember Metal Gear? Remember Metal Gear when you died and you had to get a new PS2 because there was disc dust launched inside your console? <laughs> <laughs> now, funny enough, this was all prior to uh, mobile stuff that demand, you know, additional spending to advance. That and you might say there's even some of that original DNA found in things today, such as roguelikes. Then in uh, 2015, a multiplayer thriller game called The Flock released on Steam in which all the users would collectively share a set pool of lives. When the maximum of how many available were used, the game would then close down and become unusable for anyone that purchased it. The social experiment, however, reviewed poorly and sold so little that the population being monitored was never even affected in any meaningful way before the server keeping track of the life limit went offline. My point, though, is that these conceptions fascinate us and apparently have for a while. Kill Switch, a third-person action shooter released for the PS2, Xbox, and PC. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Kill Switch. Kill Switch is a great game. You should play it. It's like Gears of War before Gears of War. <laughs> and yeah, it influenced uh, not just Gears of War, but also Rainbow Six Vegas and uh, Uncharted, I think. Yeah, and the dude, um, the main protagonist, wore goggles. He was dope. And he was voiced by one of the bald ones, I think. Really? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> I think it was Adam Baldwin. But no, Kill Switch, a point-and-click puzzle title supposedly made in 1989, where the uncopyable file was said to delete itself upon completion. Austin, what is uh, what is the deal with the shiz, and how does it connect to Pale Luna? Okay, well, Wait, I thought we were talking about. I was gonna say Hideo Kojima's remake of Enter the Gungeon, where <laughs> if you die, somebody comes to your house and shoots you in the head. <laughs> yeah, but then only your offspring can continue that uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> that campaign. Well, Kill Switch doesn't have any direct connection to or Pale a clone Luna. of you. <laughs> the only connection it has to Pale Luna is in sort of its metafiction, as we talked about last episode. Yeah. But first, a primer on the game itself. Kill Switch was created by the Carvina Corporation in 1989 out of the Czech Republic. What does that name translate to or mean? We'll get there. All right. It's like Sinuslersion. Um, yeah. <laughs> the game of which there were only 5,000 copies ever made could only be played once. As Randy said, upon death or completion, the game data would delete itself from the disk and from your computer, making it impossible to restart the game. Intense. The game was a 2D point-and-click horror game. Uh, it took place in an, in an abandoned Soviet mine. 
And yeah, had, I saw those pictures kind yeah. of. Yeah. Two playable characters. The first a one. Good aesthetic. Yeah. The first one was named Porto, a young girl. And the second was Gast, an invisible demon. Cool name. The story says, Porto wakes up in a dark mine with wounds and no memory of how she got there. She discovers that it is an old coal mine that she used to work in. The mine has since been shut down after the workers were tortured in order to increase production by inspectors sent by the Savatik Corporation, the company that owned the mine. Altor. These inspectors would shove blades into the joints of workers who were working too slowly. Uh, yeah, I'm way less familiar with this uh, story setup. Yeah. Uh, Mechanics, like I said, normal point-and-click adventure game, except there were some unique mechanics for each character. Porto was a girl who would randomly shrink and grow in size, seemingly okay. randomly, which could make solving certain puzzles impossible. Porto had to collect tapes that would play audio about the shutdown of the mine, as well as solving puzzles and cracking ciphers and other stuff like that in order to find out more information that would lead her to eventually the end goal being get out of the mine. Okay. Gast, on the other hand, was different. Gast, as I said, was an invisible demon, but he was not invisible just to everybody in the game, but was also invisible to the player. Huh. Um, <laughs> he had a... This sounds way more developed than the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the last story. Like the, yeah. yeah. He had, he had a flamethrower weapon. That you could use, but once uh -huh, and you could uh -huh. see you could see the flames, but once you were out of ammo, you couldn't see anymore. Which, that sounds hard. <laughs> which made solving puzzles uh, as guest and navigating the environment nearly impossible, since you couldn't see the character that you were navigating, and there were things that you were supposed to avoid and not walk over and things like that. Gotta get a game shark. Well, <laughs> now the story goes as such: the game caught on pretty heavily in the West to the point where people wanted it to share it with their friends, but they couldn't <laughs> because it would delete itself. That's some DRM right there. Yeah. <laughs> so people begged Carvina Corporation to make more copies of Killswitch. Carvina responded with the following press release. Fuck off. Killswitch. <laughs> no. Pretty much. Pretty much. Killswitch was designed to be a unique playing experience. Like reality, it is unrepeatable irretrievable, and illogical. One might even say ineffable. Death is final, and death is complete. The fates of Porto and her beloved Gast are as unknowable as our own. It is the desire of the Carvina Corporation that this is to be so, and we ask our customers to respect that desire. Rest assured, Carvina will continue to provide the highest <laughs> quality of games to the West, and that Kill Switch is merely one of among our many wonders. Sticking by it. Yeah. <laughs> Porto and her beloved Gast sent people into a frenzy because nobody knew what Gast was since it was invisible. Many believed that Gast was a friend who died in the mine or a pet since it says Porto and her beloved Gast. And this sent people into a fervor, believing that the true meaning behind the game was hidden behind beating the game as Gast, a near impossible task. I, w I wanted to make a, a, a joke, by the way, about <laughs> when you brought up the statement about how it's like, no, this is the amount of copies that we make. And so I was like, oh, so like Nintendo knows about this, right? Like that was their, that was <laughs> yeah, their they thing. Yeah, they got the idea from Carvina. Oh, Why don't you make more of the Mario collection? No. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, due to 
the game being nearly impossible as gassed and there only being 5,000 copies and the game deleting itself when you died and or beat it, nobody ever beat it as gassed. See, um, Nintendo kind of has that a little bit too because some of their cartridges can like only work with your Switch and you can't, mm-hmm. or your 3DS or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can only have a save on Yeah. Nintendo is very Soviet-like, yes. <laughs> That's what you're getting at. And so, only 5,000 copies are ever known to exist of Kill Switch. And the legend goes to this day that there is only one known copy left. The copy was put up for auction in 2005 uh-huh. and was purchased for a whopping $733,000. Wait, what? By a Japanese businessman Woo! named Yamamoto Ryoichi. Now I don't know what part of the story is real anymore because I was about to say, I was like, oh, just make it a less, a lower number. Like, mm. there's only 86 copies of Poop Slinger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, um, but hell, I could believe someone at an auction going for. Ryoichi stated. are nuts. His intention was to record himself playing the game so that it could be preserved before the last copy finally deleted itself. And also, <laughs> he wanted to beat the game as gassed. Sure. To this day, Ryuichi has only ever uploaded one video, huh. which simply shows him sitting in front of a computer at the character select screen, sobbing. Huh. And what that the- is <laughs> the tale of Kill Switch. Cool. Oh, I was going to say, where did those screen grabs come from that I saw? Or is it? Hold on. <laughs> so, that is the story of Kill Switch that gets spread around. The creepy pasta, if you will, although there isn't really a creepy pasta of Kill Switch. It's more of a Polybius situation where the story kind of just gets shared. Right. Yeah. The legend started on a now defunct game blog called Invisible Games. Huh. I'm not familiar. That's run a- by a woman known only as the handle the archivist uh and that's all we know the archivist and that it is a woman that's it that's all the information that's known about whoever ran this blog which is like i said now defunct if you go there you'll get a 404 can you way back machine it you can indeed hey um but this post led to a lot of people digging for information in the game and strangely enough no history of a company named the carvina corporation could be found (gasps) Although that makes sense, since it was a Soviet company. Soviets are pretty secretive. It was, <laughs> For however, more on that, check out... <laughs> yeah. It was, however, discovered there is a town in the Czech Republic named Karvina, and it was known for one thing and one thing only. Coal mining. There is no discoverable... This is the new Silent Hills, isn't it? Yeah. There is no discoverable record of the game anywhere outside of this one post... No history, nobody else posting any, no pictures, no forum posts. But again, this is a game from the early 90s that supposedly deleted itself. So that fits in with the fiction. And most importantly, there is no record of an auction that anyone could find where a game was sold for that record-breaking amount of money. (laughs) And no record of anybody named Yamamoto Ryuichi buying anything at an auction, and there are some very low-res videos of a man sitting in front of his computer at the Kill Switch character select screen crying. However, there's no confirmation that this is not a copycat <laughs> or that it is not, uh, you know, that's not legit or anything like yeah. that. But that video does exist online. You can find it. That sounds serious. <laughs> and this all seemed like a huge dead end for those searching. Pretty definitive proof that the game 
was indeed it's just a story the game's right, sure right. but i meant like what makes this i mean the funny thing about both of these games kill switch and pale luna is they're not their stories aren't outlandishly unrealistic yeah like you know like that's that's the thing i think that always was a little bit of a detriment to the the, the polybius tale you know is like it's it's not completely unbelievable really like sure. yeah, yeah like <laughs> it, 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 you know, it, it takes some leaps in logic to, to kind sure. of cover its tracks, to plug yeah. some holes in where you could poke holes. <laughs> That's all stories, but... But it's not completely unbelievable. However, I discovered a thread, uh -huh. this time on our cursed games, not our creepy gaming, uh, <laughs> reveals revealing just a whole ton of new information. Um, Weird. The person who made this thread no longer has a Reddit account and has been deleted. So I don't know what their history of posting is or anything like that. Is it yay video games? <laughs> um, but in 2013... That's a really obscure joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> a mysterious YouTube channel going by the name Gast1989 was put up and only ever posted no commentary playthroughs of parts of Kill Switch. Ah, oh, no commentary. My man. <laughs> yeah, including, including the infamous character select screen... Parts of both playthroughs, including Gast and Porto, which should be impossible since you can't really go back to the character select screen once you select a character. Right. Because it'll delete itself. You have to reboot the game. No download link to the game was provided, and the uploader claimed that this was because they did not want to risk the game deleting itself if they tried to copy anything. <laughs> Gast1989 also claimed to have a father that worked at Carvina. Janitor. There is also another video on the channel. <laughs> there are two more videos on the channel, not of a playthrough, but the first one explaining why the uploader does not want to provide people with a download link. The second explaining that their house got broken into <laughs> and nothing was stolen or destroyed save for a footlocker in the basement, a footlocker which contained the disc for Kill Switch. What's a footlocker? Mm, it's like a little lockbox thing. Okay. Besides a it's just like a, a franchise, metal I guess. Chest. Oh, okay. it's, a, it's a metal chest you put at the foot of your bed. Oh, yeah. It's like a little safe. It's not a safe. It's just a lock. But like you put a a padlock just on it. Just literally yeah. picture like okay. a picture a school locker and then just lay it down. Yeah. Okay. I, no, I think I I, I I know what it is. I just I, I guess I never referred to it as a foot, foot locker. locker. Is a store. It, well, that's probably why yeah. I. <laughs> but that's it what, had to have come that's from what something. it's named after. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to look like an idiot later. The videos then <laughs> suddenly stopped and the user was not heard from for two years until the Twitter account of the same name, Gast1989, tweeted that they were still alive and that they were reading a new book that everybody should check out. Everybody who is interested in Killswitch should check out named Religion, the Ultimate STD, Living a Spiritual Life Without Dogmatics or Cultural Destruction. Wait, the ultimate what? The ultimate STD. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. But yeah. I just wanted and to be then, sure. Yes, uh, sexually transmitted spiritually transmitted disease. Oh, spiritually transmitted. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, it's dumb. But hey, it follows, did it? And it was awesome. <laughs> that's true. This leads to another Twitter account from the Carvina Corporation, a Twitter account established in 2014, littered with. Just insane cryptic tweets, disturbing pictures. <laughs> oh, I God. shit you not, I made the mistake of looking into this story 
very late at night, and some of those pictures had me uh, kind of feeling uh, a little. Uh, but there is one tweet that is linked to gas nineteen eighty nine. I'm literally gonna go do all like look mm-hmm. up all this as soon as I get home. By the way, uh, this is like that Pax game. I, I wanted gas nineteen eighty nine tweets something, and then the Carvina Corporation responds saying, "Check your Footlocker." This tweet was posted five days before Gast 1989 uploaded the video about their break-in at their home. This is getting... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> boy, go on. This, the author claims, basically confirms that Carvina Corporation is responsible for the damage to Gast 1989's locker. They were trying to get their game back. Huh. Carvina also had their own YouTube channel which has four videos of Kill Switch on it, but it's a little bit different version. The Reddit post claims that some parts of Carvina Corporation's videos show things that are not possible with technology in 1989. Screen distortions, flashing lights. The videos on Carvina Corporation's channel may either be an updated version of the game that they are hoping to re-release, or perhaps Carvina Corporation made fake videos that are meant to resemble the game. Both possibilities yeah. can explain the technology inconsistencies and the reason for scenes in Carvina Corporation's videos not appearing in Gath 1989's videos. There is, however, one more account by the name of Porto881 with one video of just the character select screen. However, back when this account was created, YouTube had a feed feature that was similar to Facebook where you could just set statuses for your channel. And it has the following four statuses. Quote, I have seen something I shouldn't have. Finally, the end. It's been a while, huh? And the last one is Russian, which if you translate it says... Do you want to see the end? Uh, <laughs> the rest of the post Boy, do I. then devolves into this dude reading STD, religion, the ultimate STD, <laughs> and trying to discern its connections between Gast, Porto, Carvina, and Killswitch itself. It's insane. It's thousands of words long. Uh, I'm not going to read it here (laughs) because this podcast would go from a shorter episode to an hour. (laughs) Do you want me to read it? It's very fucking long. All work and no No. claiming. (laughs) I will give you a summary. Okay. The conclusion is that a game company from the 1980s would not exist on Twitter in 2014 if they haven't made a game since 1989. And that (laughs) book is very connected in a lot of ways to kill switch's fiction therefore there's only one explanation and it is that carvina is not a game company but to go back to the beginning of this month is indeed a cult that made yeah. kill switch in order to recruit new members Woo! which is what happened to mr ryuichi oh. is what happened to gas 1989 and it is also what happened to porto 881 you think a cult would want their message out there in a more accessible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe they're just super select, like, you know, very, very selective. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's like a- some last Starfighter cult you got <laughs> yeah. going on here. You gotta be the fucking video game to get in. The rest of the threads that I could find on the game were much less a dissection of the fiction of the game itself and more a dissection of the claims that the story makes, mainly focused on the technology surrounding a disc that would delete itself. Um, Especially, you know, when they're claiming it's 1989. Exactly. Uh Yeah. That's something awful forum posts I mentioned in our last episode on Pale Luna. I mentioned that the Pale Luna story was on page 55. You know what those first 54 pages were all about? Oh, is it Killswitch? Polybius and how Killswitch couldn't possibly delete itself. (laughs) Uh, Stating that the technology for a disc that destroyed itself 
would be very hard and expensive to pull off. And not only that, but if somebody had developed the technology to do as such in 1989, the technology and patent on said technology would be worth way, way, way more <laughs> money than a game that you could only sell 5,000 copies of. That's, that's a funny sociopath. angle. Especially yeah. we're talking end of Cold War era. Like it, it just That is a major tech thing, to, yes. especially for like eight... Like, government agencies and things like that and just private corporations. I mean, what's the closest equivalent to that Mission Impossible type, like, idea now, you know? Well, I actually, (laughs) there's a great video I think I showed you, but I don't know if you you remember. You showed me? Yeah, there there was a before Netflix there was a video rental service. Oh. That used to give you discs. Holy shit. Discs that would that were airtight sealed and once you ripped the airtight thing off, they had three days before the backing of the disc would decay yes. and the movie would become unplayable. Oh my God, that was so fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, and think about that. We'd have that's to send like anything modern, back. So to yeah. make a save, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only way you could do it. You could do it organically, but a game from 1989 would no longer work if someone bought it in 2005. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Well, you were saying the closest thing to like Mission Impossible now is that you can actually do that probably have explosives <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but without going through forum threads of people debating the technological prospects of a disc that deletes itself that, no i want to know what the goons have to say that pretty much ends the investigation of that i mean hey the best uh, horror stories have a little bit of uh, ambiguity to them right mm-hmm. like it's kind of need that i'm sure that redditor out there is probably still trying to figure out this story somewhere but his account is deleted. And, yeah, we have a for, uh, something awful forum post of people debating. There were some people that did have some ideas of... Uh, hold on, I'll see if I can find one. They, okay. they did have some ideas on how a company in 1989 would actually create a game disc that would delete itself. How do you fucking open links? And, there we go. I mean, Kojima wants to know. Kojima does want to know. He developed a cartridge that used sunlight to power an in-game character. That's <laughs> Yeah, okay, here's a, the original forum poster says, this is at the top of page 55 where the Pale Luna story is. I hate to drag the kill switch thing up again, but it is actually possible for a game to delete itself. However, for this, we need to start thinking about computers in the distant past of 1989. Now, as I recall, <laughs> the CD-ROM standard for storing binary data didn't come into play until the mid-80s. CD-ROM games were actually pretty excessively rare for a while, so Killswitch probably would have come on floppies. Maybe one, but who knows? Regardless, let's continue. Now, I have to start thinking of things a bit more obscure, something like a little virus called the Elk Cloner. Elk cloners okay. spread by infecting the Apple II operating system using a technique known as boot sector virus. If a computer booted from an infected floppy, a copy of the virus was placed in the computer's memory. When an uninfected disk was inserted into the computer, Elk cloner would be copied to the disk, allowing it to spread from disk to disk. An infected computer uh, would display a short poem. Elk cloner, the program with a personality. It will get on all your disks. It will infiltrate your chips. Yes, it's a cloner. It will stick with you like glue. It will modify your RAM too. Uh, really, <laughs> all, all the game would have to do would be to make sure that the virus prevents the game from being successfully copied, has to run off the disk, and wipe either the disk or the relevant file from the disk containing a random encryption key to actually decode the files. Not saying that the story is true, but it is theoretically possible and fairly likely that a game with such a limited run would ever have been successfully cracked, especially with how finicky it was at uninstalling itself. I like that guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Wow. Well, I mean, that sheds some perspective. Now, now I feel like I'm going to fall into some weird, uh, yeah, like so internet holes tonight. That is the end of my investigation. Uh, <laughs> Most people correctly will call this a hoax, citing any of the dozens of leaps in logic I said earlier that make the story pretty much impossible. But a glance at any post on the story will still have people arguing over its validity. So, or its possibility. I'll end on this. What do you guys think? Fact or fiction? Fiction. But I do think that there's like, I don't know, there's kind of reputable evidence that technically proves that the concept is theoretically possible sure (laughs) and i think that that is that's super fascinating Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm curious if this will like if that entire um you know pitch will kind of find its way into some sort of product at some point i think that's almost the bigger question yeah and it's like if if, will this actually what are your thoughts chris get expanded upon Fact or fiction? Yeah, in a way. No, it's not going to work. I was just going to play the clip of Jonathan Frakes telling you you're wrong from the <laughs> yeah. facts or fiction. Okay, that was Jonathan Frakes. I couldn't fucking... <laughs> uh, all right, so my answer, uh, no. We made this one up. Okay. Uh, false. Totally false. Okay. You're, uh, you're wrong. Well, we I got to go be in uh, celebrity poker. Was it multimedia windows? Do you ever go mountain biking? <laughs> the, the Jonathan Frakes Ask You Questions video. Top 10 YouTube videos of all time. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess just with Polyvius, we'll just have to trust our guts on this one as we'll never know the full story. Uh, like any like any true urban legend, it gets to be labeled as inconclusive. Nope, I'm just fucking with you. Of course it's not real. A book by I the name it. of The Melancholy of Mecca Girl, written by Catherine M. Valenti, published in 2013 by Simon & Schuster, contained a short story which caught the attention of some gaming fans that were reading the book. <laughs> Catherine M. Valenti, by the way... Uh, responsible for some Minecraft books, as well as some Mass Effect books. She writes a lot of uh, side okay. fiction for video games, so this lines up with her. Does she know the guy that uh, wrote the longest piece of... No. Uh... She's not a fan fiction writer. She's a published author. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, uh, these are pu- way these, more respectable. These are like published books that the Mass Effect people commissioned her to write, like okay. Fall of Reach for right. Halo. N- never mind. I, yeah. the, the, the wires got a little yeah. crossed there because I just immediately associated with the, the story, fucking Smash Brothers. One of the sh- wow, they hired, a, they hired a professional writer after the fact. They should have fucking did it during the production of the goddamn game. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Melancholy of Mecha Girl is a collection of sh- uh, that technology-based short stories written by Catherine M. Valenti. And one of the stories is taken word for word from the post on Invisible Games. The short story is simply entitled Kill Switch. This, of course, led people to accuse her of trying to, similar to the director who made the Pale Luna short, people accusing her of trying to pass off internet legend as her own work of horror fiction. How dare she take stories from the internet, right? Wrong. Just a little bit of sleuthing shows that Invisible Games (laughs) was not actually a blog about games, but was a collection of game-related short stories written by the archivist, also known as Catherine M. Valenti. Well. Yeah. That's pretty open and shut. So once again, the simplest piece of evidence was missed in the name of keeping this spooky urban legend alive. Yeah, because I was going to say that's it's kind of no fun. Like, I mean, obviously, like I, I didn't, you know, I, I always knew it was fake, but that's that's why that's why I mentioned I don't remember if it was the last episode of this episode where it's like you want to believe, and it's cool that they got to 
sort of live on on in its own in some way. But the truth is still important. <laughs> no, no, fuck, no, fuck spooky shit. Thank you for explaining it to me. I feel way safer now. <laughs> I don't want to sleep. Yeah. And that is the end of that story. I feel a little bad. I was planning on reading the entirety of the actual short story for Kill Switch at the end of the podcast because I wanted to reveal first that it was a short story. But sure, if you want to read it, go buy this lady's book. It's like eight dollars. And I mean, we can't bury the lead twice, right? This is a companion yeah. episode of the other one. Yeah, and that's a yeah, it's a cool way to promote. Uh, yes. Stuff. So check out the Melancholy of Mecha Girl by Catherine M. Valenti on Amazon or wherever else you want to buy an ebook if you would like to read. Kill sounds, like, sounds like a wicked manga or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that ends the the saga of video game creepypastas. Hey, it was no, it was, yeah. it was cool, and uh, I'm glad I got I opened this up by being in the in the dust a little bit. Yeah, but awesome. I think uh, starting to turn you, getting in, getting you into horror after all. Nah, dude, I just debunk it. It's all fake. <laughs> yeah, but but what happens when you get to the thing that you can't debunk? That's when then it's you'll scary. Be on board. I told you this. You Mr. Hey, Mr. Hey, here's a YouTube video of a girl that went missing in like Bolivia or whatever. I don't want to <laughs> read that shit cuz it's real. Yeah. And it's That's spooky. why it's so scary. I know it sucks. <laughs> I'd much rather read about the alt right and how they're destroying our way of that's life. That's way See, I can't handle that. Yeah, you can, well, just That's my horror. Just look into the well with me. Don't nah. You don't look yeah, I'm with you. That's my horror. Yeah. See, yeah, you both are way Our more real fucked life is up hard. than me. I don't need to look up uh, serial killers and shit. <laughs> How about UFO videos? They're all fake. <laughs> I Aliens know, don't exist. <laughs> well, come on. Nope. Somewhere the only, out there. Statistically, we're the only people in the galaxy. <laughs> there's no way there's anyone else. That's all I'm going to say. That's not what uh, Tom DeLong Ac- says. Oh, yeah, I was going to say Dan <laughs> No, Dan Aykroyd is ghosts. Tom DeLonge is aliens. Oh, yeah. Well, my favorite gonna, 80s you're gonna movie, tell, Alien Busters. You're going to tell Tom that he's wrong? No. I'm just not going to listen to Angels and Airways anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, you don't need that to. But um, yeah, that was cool. And, and a good, uh, I guess, a third piece of our Gaming Urban Legends triangle with Polybius, Pale Luna, and uh, Kill Dot Switch. Nope. Kill Dot Switch is the other one. <laughs> this is just Kill Switch. Right. No dot. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I said this last episode, but if you somehow stumbled onto this and did not hear the Pale Luna one, go listen to that. You can go to hotbuttoncast.com, which is our website. We also have a new collections tab, and in there you can get different collections. I think there's one on console development stories. We have like the Virtual Boy, the 360, the Xbox, the Dreamcast, all a bunch of episodes. We have our... Supreme Court series, which is the ESRB and the Violent Video Games Supreme Court hearing. Oh, yeah. You're a... We have our Tetris 4-parter. Tossing everything out there. All right. And we also have the Halloween one, in which you can find Pale Luna and Polybius, as well as a couple other spooky stories, such as Devotion, the Om Shinrikyo game. What was that called? Kakukurshi Village The story of Kamakushiki Village. Kamakushiki Village. Woo! I remember... I did that better than I did on the actual episode. Yeah, and so, so, <laughs> yeah, congratulations. And some of these uh, uh, stories involve real murder and fake murder. Yeah, it's up to you to find out which one. Is, yeah. <laughs> which one's which? And then, of course, if you're not just into the spooky stuff, we do have seventy some odd episodes of video game stories. But yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, you can also <laughs> you can also find us on 
Twitter, Instagram, That's Facebook. That's the wrong boo. At Hot Button Cast. Subscribe on all these podcast services that are out there. Review us on iTunes and share with your friends if you enjoyed the episode. Yes, and be on the lookout next month for our uh, celebratory yes. two-year birthday. We are, as of the release of this episode, very close to the release of the new consoles with which we will be yes. completing our trilogy on the series of Xbox consoles with our episode on the Xbox One. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. And then following that, we will be doing our two-year anniversary update episode in which we go back and correct all our mistakes <laughs> and reminisce. I, I fucked up uh, that episode we just recently did that I'm yeah. going to have to... Uh, reminisce about, you know... Well, I didn't fuck up, but I left something out that I wanted uh, to... 2020 and what a great year it's been <sighs> for everybody. That's the true horror. And then December, will our favorite Christmases... Mine is the first one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you for listening, and we're out. <laughs>